I told Kat already. She knows this story. Oh, I know this story. And therefore, I'm going to react like a uh, 1800s Southern woman. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> okay. So, oh, she's fanning herself with her notebook. Ma, tell me this story, Caitlin. Okay, Why Kat. I can't just hardly contain my excitement for your story. Oh, this is, this is the best. <laughs> this is better than the story I'm about to tell. <laughs> So I was called over uh, to uh, one of my recruiters. A gentleman day. caller? No, it a was gentleman a gentleman caller. Was a, it was a female at first. And a then lady caller. The um, man who sits next to her um, has outed himself to me as, quote, nerd. He just got Fallout 76. How scholarly. So we were talking about it. And he was like, "Oh, like what else? What else are you into?" Like how forward of him. He's, he's talking about how he was going to take some time off to play Fallout seventy six, and that's super nerdy. And I was like, "I can top that," mm. which was a dumb thing to say. <laughs> what did you do? Because my only recourse after saying that was to admit the truth, which is that the game I'm planning to take time off to play is, in fact, Kingdom Hearts three. Oh. <gasps> So I, oh, this is, I said this to him and I expected, you know, like middle-aged confusion, maybe like he's not middle-aged, but like, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> he's older than me and therefore he's, he's middle-aged. He actually might be younger than me. <laughs> Anyways, to my surprise, the actual like mid thirties man <gasps> across the table who has a beard and just mm-hmm. looks like a, an adult man with a wife and kids mm-hmm. popped his little head up. Turned to me and said, I love Kingdom Hearts. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. And then we had a long chat, mm. which Would- consisted of me saying, it's the worst game I've ever played, and I love it a lot. And him saying, it's a really good game, and I genuinely love it. <laughs> Just completely. <laughs> Would you say that his eyes... I mean... I would I would say could they could they tell untruths? Or? I would say I felt like everyone around me was smiling knowingly, <laughs> but I couldn't see any of their faces clearly. Mm. And this one man just kept nodding and saying, "I love Kingdom Hearts the franchise. I love Kingdom Hearts the franchise." When you Can walked I- away, did he did he hear you say anything? <laughs> Let's play TNT. <laughs> Wait, no. Let's play D&D! am your dominus mominus. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Hi, I'm Noelle, and I play Fran. And who is a genasi wizard? <laughs> hey, I'm Caitlin, and I play Corbin, who's a human being. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hi, I'm Square, and I play <laughs> your shit. Oh. <laughs> I'm Hannah, and I'm Slake. Enix. <laughs> Me, I'm level eight, seven. <laughs> good. Just <laughs> good. So, last time on Dames and Dragons, Whoa. we 
started out with uh, you guys flipping your shit because Mary wasn't in her room. Uh, and then you guys went uh, down to Bone Town, and Freon had a very bad time at Bone Town. You, you learned that the, the bones are uh, dragon bones mm-hmm. of a bronze dragon, uh, hence the bronze order. And uh, Freon knocked them all over and... Cl- I was forcefully removed from Bone Town. <laughs> <laughs> we all have been at some point or another. So then, uh, oh, yeah. as you were passing by the harbor, you saw Fran's beautiful, majestic boat and decided to spend some time investigating that. You found a bunch of uh, Torvaic propaganda on board. And uh, then you all went off on your separate missions. Slake and Mary went to the Library of Memoirs and had a chat with Tenavine. And uh, Fran... You were doing a spy mission, if I remember right. You, you as a fart, went to go fart around the palace. And uh, that's where we are now. All right, Fran. Who are you going to go spy on? Ooh, fart boy. <laughs> that was her excusing a fart that excuse she just me. made. Sorry. The thing is, is I, I want to spy on all of everyone. <laughs> uh, you true. have time to spy on one one person. I think I'm going to go to Renetta's room. All right. You you fart cloud around until you find Renetta's rooms. Uh, and she has amazing rooms. They're beautiful. Mm, I'm like, not surprised. You know, I mean, yeah, she is the princess. So she's got like the main big sitting room. And then she's got another like smaller parlor off to the side, which looks like there's like, a painting set here and some books she gets a lot of sunlight in here she has a beautiful bedroom she has an amazing bathroom with a whirlpool tub that is fed by a hot spring uh and it's gorgeous what in here do you want to investigate um i definitely want to look at the books Mm -hmm. uh and i'm also listening very closely for anyone who might be coming but yeah, I want to I want to check out any like papers and stuff that she has. Sure. So you go into her little her little study. Yes. Roll me a perception investigation. Um, I got a fourteen. Okay. Uh, you do a cursory look at the books. They are the ones that I mentioned that Renetta had uh, taken out of the library. Right. The books on the Bellion family history. Uh, looks like several memoirs of the Bellion line. Uh, there are a few letters that are sealed, but they are, it looks like they're just waiting to go out. So she just has the Bellion books? Yeah. She doesn't have the Elias one, so Zom must actually have those. And then I want to poke my little gaseous head out in the hallway, see if anyone's coming. <laughs> there are a few servants milling about, but nobody seems to be coming into this room. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn back into a Genasi mm-hmm. for a hot second. I want to flip through the books, not closely, but I'm gonna focus on like the last one, so like the end of the belly, yeah. belly line. So if you flip to the end of that book, the the last entry in this memoir is talking about how he's very proud of his daughter's marriage to a Demetrius Olias. Okay. And how he's he's very proud of that he has a new son-in-law who will safeguard his his you know beautiful kingdom. Does it say where Elias is from? Not in not in the last entry, but mm-hmm. if you flip back a little bit, mm-hmm. you there are lots of details about the long, long, long negotiation that went into that marriage. That this was something that they they planned for ages to get 
these two together. Mm. Um, and that you can see that it was a very political move. It joined two very large merchant houses and created this strong trade network that the Madrian kingdom is known for today. So similar setup to Azam and Renetta mm-hmm. getting married. Or to Tenevine and Lilia. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too, yeah. So, okay, so I'm going to take the letters, I stick them in my pocket, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn back into a gaseous fart, and I want to look for um, a servant's exit from here. Okay. Yeah, you find one hidden behind a tapestry in the front hallway, very similar to the one that is hidden behind a tapestry in your front hallway. Okay, I want to go through I'm, there, I'm see go what's through up. There. It is a network of very narrow hallways and lots of little, like, supply rooms where there are towels and bed sheets and things it looks like the servants hallways snake pretty much everywhere in the palace if as you start following them you can pop out into lots of different rooms um and that they are a great way for the servants to run around unheated and un uh, unobtrusive and you do also notice that all of them have locked doors so like you you have to have a key to get into these passages okay is there, like, a break room or something that I can come across where I can, like, hear the servant gossip? Some asshole has family guy on. Like. <laughs> uh, there's not, like, a break room, but you do find the kitchens where there are a bunch of servants working on dinner. Okay, I want to listen to their conversations. Okay, uh, yeah, so they're, they're talking about where they're gossiping. Mm-hmm. One of the serving girls is saying, oh... I just don't understand why Princess Renetta wouldn't fall head over heels for Prince Zom. I mean, he's so handsome. And another serving girl says, well, yeah, but he is. I mean, he's pretty, but he's also, you know. And the cook says from from the stove, the cook says, the boy's got less sense than a bag of rocks. You can say it. He's just dumb. It's a he's, perfect he's match. Perfect for Corbin. He's yep. perfect for Corbin. <laughs> well, he doesn't have the sensibilities of the Madrian court, sure, but from what I hear from his servants, apparently, you know, the Danmark court, they don't stand on so much ceremony. Honestly, it sounds like a nice place to work. And the the servants all murmur agreements on that one. And then someone said, did you see the Marchioness's rooms? The state of them. And everybody gives a little murmur and said, well, that's why she's not staying at the palace anymore. Or, jeez. And they said, it looked like a whole flock of birds got into the room. Well, it looked to me like somebody attacked her. Well, that is just baseless speculation, says another servant coming in. The Marchioness... Knocked over a table and a cut a pillow. These things happen. And the other servants all groan and they say, We all know that she's bribing you to say that, Doric. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. A vase fell off the table. It cut one of the pillows and the stuffing got everywhere. These things happen. We all know you're being bribed, Doric. <laughs> Doric. Doric. You're I'm, yeah, I'm Doric. writing Doric's name down. The other servants all now are say are going into their own theories about what happened. The theories sort of 
range widely between orgies and <laughs> that someone made an attempt on her life and then somebody else is saying no it was actually lord helmshire that was attacked in her rooms and oh did the marchioness attack the lord helmshire Ooh, who knows and Do then we? someone says oh but maybe it was an orgy with the two of them uh-huh. <laughs> and everybody goes gross doric <laughs> Okay, uh, is there any more spying you want to do, Fran? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to head back in the direction of our rooms, and if mm-hmm. fucking Dodson is around, Ooh. I'm going to spy the fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you actually, when you get back to your rooms, it's still a fart. Yes. Uh, Dodson is in there. He is uh, taking notes in that little notebook of his. Oh, I look, I'm look. i going to look at the, his notes. You're so looking can... over his shoulder? Yeah. Uh, he is making notes on how you guys like everything in your rooms. Oh, he's so nice. Oh, like Damn he's got it, he's Dodson. got notes about how oh you guys don't like that when he comes in silently with a note that he should <laughs> announce himself next time and Aww. he's got a note that's saying like oh uh, let's see they like their flowers over there and I you know oh the Corbin keeps talking about cold cuts. What are cold cuts? Look into cold cuts. <laughs> oh, he's so nice. Don't be Dodson. It could all be strategic. Let's not get too attached, Dodson. <laughs> it could be all a, the elaborate code. Yeah, I think true. he's my good son. Yeah. I feel bad that I've been so suspicious of him. Okay, he might just want to, like, make us comfortable so he can fucking murder all of us when we go to sleep. Yeah, I mean. Because it's easier to do that when you're comfortable. It's easier to to be murdered when you're comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> People I, die when they're killed, you guys. <laughs> I know it. Don't I know it. Man. You I turn into that. bones and then you know what you are? Fucking bones. You're just bones. Mm. You're bones after that. Wise words. <laughs> Alright. I'll just like hang out until I guess Corbin's yeah. coming back here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corbin, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? So Corbin, you where did you go decide you were gonna do? I want to talk to Noinian about exactly what the what's his fucking name? Lord Andolin? Yeah, exactly uh, what Lord Andolin looks like. Okay. After asking around a little bit, because Noinian doesn't actually live in the palace. He lives in the city. Okay. And you catch one of the, the pages and find out, oh, he's uh he's up at in the grounds practicing his archery. Then the the page says, but he is with he is with guests. I don't do not know if he wants to be disturbed. No, oh, he loves me, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. And then the page uh, holds out his hand to you. Uh, Corbin slaps it like a high five. The page frowns and then mutters something about like oh, these cheap visitors. <laughs> okay, well I feel bad, but Corbin doesn't understand. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay, uh, so I guess he goes out to the grounds to wherever that. Page said Nuinian would be. Yeah, so this is up where like the picnicking happened. Yeah. So it's up on the top of the cliffs where there's a little forest, and uh, you see there's a small party of look four people. And you see from a distance, uh, looks like two servants and two noblemen. And uh, as you approach, you see there's Nuinian, and there's a a really really good looking man standing next to him. And you just, you you hear the Kill Bill sirens start to come up in your head. <laughs> do I recognize this really? You sure do. As Noenian sees you and he calls out, Hail, hail, come, come here. I'd love for you to meet my good friend. This is Lord Fay Andolin. <laughs> Corbin makes direct eye contact with Lord Faye Andolin. 
It's so wonderful to meet you, Lord Fayandolin, for the first time ever. <laughs> what does this fucker do? <laughs> Phelan, well, Lord Andolin, yes, smiles and he shakes your hands. He says, "Very nice to meet you as well." Luinian has been telling me all about your exploits at court. It sounds like you've been very busy since your arrival. Uh, Corbin throws an arm around Nuinian and says, Yeah, we've been getting along swell, huh, Nuinian? Oh, yes. And he sort of shakes you off a little bit. Tell me, have you ever tried archery? Uh, <laughs> uh I don't typically use bows, but I can throw a spear. Oh, well, we don't have the equipment for that. And then he looks back at his servants. He goes, unless, oh, yes, go, 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 go. And he emotions to one of them and one of the servants like hustles off. And he says, you'll get us some spears for spear throwing. But Lord Andolin, please, you must, I know you don't like to show off. but <laughs> And uh, Lord, Lord Andolin smiles. He says, not at all, not at all. Corbin like looks at Palin and like sets his eyeballs on fire. <laughs> His own eyeballs, like there's flames inside of Corbin's eyes. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Lord Andolin just smiles and, you know, he's a very well-dressed young man. He's wearing a black suit. Mm -hmm. It's made for, you know, slightly more physical activity than the the silk and taffeta bullshit that you guys have been stuffed into the last day. He has his hair back in a low ponytail and uh, white... Shirt underneath, tied with a dark purple neck cloth, mm-hmm. uh, and you you do see just as he takes the bow from Nguyenian, you see the black line of the tattoo on his wrist uh, you... from underneath his shirt sleeve, mm-hmm. the arm that he refuses to cut off. Yes, I'm aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> he takes the bow, aims it at the target in the distance. The arrow flies and. It's a bullseye. Yep. Uh, Corbin claps dramatically like Citizen Kane. Nguyen is just <laughs> applauding enthusiastically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Says, oh, good shot. Good shot. Here. Here, Corbin, please. Come try. Yeah, okay. Uh... Why don't you roll the hit? And it's a uh, eight with my dex. With your dex? So, like, eight. No, you go. You, you shoot far wide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't even reach the target. It just sort of flunks into the ground <laughs> yep first time and then i do turn into a crow and go fetch it oh to look cool and uh Nuidian is delighted by mm-hmm. that he's laughing uproariously as you <clears throat> you you know hook your little feet around the arrow and yank it out of the ground <laughs> yep. and yep uh lord andolin mm-hmm. he gives a, a smile and a spattering of applause and he says oh good show good show <laughs> thanks andolin <laughs> Please, he says. You may call me Faye. Can I call you Lynn? Well, that's not my name. Oh. You two have an... I'm... I shouldn't comment. We have, a, we have a spark of connection, don't we, Nguyenian? It's almost like... Wouldn't you say it's almost like we just, like, have known each other for a long time? Like, even though we're strangers who just met... I must say, uh, Lord Andolin says, you are one of the most interesting fellows I've ever met. Are you flirting with me, Lord Andolin? <laughs> hey, now. Uh, and when he puts his, an arm around 
Andalyn, and he also puts an arm around you, Corbin. He oh, says, okay. "Let's let's not be getting combative here. We're all friends." <laughs> Do you know what flirting is? <laughs> Noinian? Maybe it's a Noinian. I love this guy. What what is straight men? (laughs) I think Noinian just thinks that that's what flirting you probably. Oh, no, I'm sure he's like one of those. Yeah, one of those boys who like kisses like they're fighting. And uh, as as this is happening, what the servant scurries back with three spears. And uh, then the other servant goes to move the target somewhat closer for spear throwing. Mm -hmm. And Noinian says, All right, everyone knows Lord Andalin. Is not good with a spear. <laughs> and Andolin rolls his eyes at, at this. Uh, and Sosatune says, So, Corbin, you must go easy on him. Yeah, I'll go easy on him. And I, and I like, wink, but like meanly. <laughs> like a and, mean wink. And Lord Andolin inclines his head to you very respectfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> oh. oh! Over 20, but it's not natural. Okay. Yeah, you, you hit that bullseye straight and true, and your spear buries deep within it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And I'll have Phelan roll for this. I mean, Lord Andalin. <laughs> yeah, Lord Andalin. <laughs> oh, he had a natural 20. God damn, what? I'm gonna kill this bastard. So, Phelan takes the spear from Satune. Mm-hmm. He aims it at the target, throws it, and it strikes the center of your spear. Yep. Splits it in half. Splits it in half. Yep. Yep. And Nwinian's just open mouth agape, and he's like, oh my lord, Antolin, have you been practicing? <laughs> he's never seen flirting on this level. No, this is insane. <laughs> so he says, Faye, have you been practicing, you old devil? And he grabs... Uh, Lord Andolin's shoulders and gives him a friendly shake. He goes, look at you. You're becoming a proper Madrian yet. And uh, then he takes his turn. <laughs> and he rolled a two. Oh, idiot. He, he tosses his spear, but it doesn't even reach the target. No. It just He's bonks. shook, though. He's yeah, shook. He's no, like, I mean, shook. I get it. The intimidation must be, like, <laughs> off the chart. <laughs> and he, he just laughs it off when he, he does it. Oh, no. Faye, you've taken away my spear-throwing abilities. This is thievery. This is the most wicked of tricks. And he he sort of throws himself backwards into a chair that one of his servants has placed oh there. Oh, my God. I love this guy so love much. love him so much. He's perfect. <laughs> <sighs> and uh, Lord Andolin, he smiles and he pats Nguyenian's shoulder and he says, There, there. You'll get your throwing arm back in no time. You are just... Too softened up by all the pastries from Renetta's picnics. Yeah, that's gotta be what it is. Hey, so you guys are like good buddies, right? Like you guys like known each other like like you're like best friends, would you say? Well, Satoon sits up now and he goes, I mean, and he looks at Lord Andal and he says, I don't know if we could say we we're best friends. <laughs> and and Lord Andal and pats his shoulder and he says, you are my dearest friend, Lord Gwynian. Oh, is that so? Oh, So how long have you guys known each other then? Oh, since Faye came to court a couple of years ago. What was that? Uh, it was two years ago. Two oh, years okay. ago and this season, in fact. So you're like best friends. So like, have you like held each other's hair back while you've been vomiting drunk before? <laughs> well, I'm a gentleman, sir, Nguyenian said. I don't get drunk enough that I'm vomit. I look at... And uh, if I do, <laughs> then my servants hold my hair back. I look directly at Palin, and I raise one eyebrow. Well, 
as as Nguyen said, I don't get drunk enough to throw up. Okay, well, that sounds great. So, Lord Andolin, <laughs> I mean, Faye, <laughs> I heard that you went to Danmark to help out during the attack. Is that, uh, how did that go? He laughs. He says, oh, it was a bit of foolish heroics, he says, and he waves to the servants and they bring over another couple chairs so that you and and Lord Andolin can sit down. And he says, I didn't make it nearly in time to help out, which I suppose is why you didn't see me there. Yeah, so I swear I saw this guy who looked a lot like you, but I know it wasn't you because he totally stabbed some chick and then disappeared. Oh, so my. I'm, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be. Yeah. Uh, and that's Nguyenian who says that. That would be. Now, please tell me you haven't gone murderous rogue on me, Faye. <laughs> and Corbin laughs loudly. <laughs> Faye laughs. And he says. Well, I suppose perhaps I have an evil twin out there. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, wouldn't that be crazy? It certainly would. (laughs) (laughs) I like you, Faye. We should hang out sometime, like one-on-one. Are you going to the orgy today? (laughs) Oh, my God! Uh, And Nguyen sits up and goes, wait, what? You know, the the Lady Marquis. The... <laughs> and then he just bursts out laughing like he cannot stop laughing. He cannot catch his yeah. breath. Oh, good. <laughs> that old, the withered up windbag with an orgy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and he has the ugliest laugh. Oh yeah, like like a like a hyena laugh. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it. just like gasping yeah. for yeah. air. Does? Yeah, okay. Winnie, and he just. Beautiful man, ugly laugh. <laughs> and Nguyen says, oh, gosh. Oh, you sound like the servants. That was a rumor that was going around the servants for a while. But oh, who could ever imagine? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's... It's clearly implied in the invitation. <laughs> Lord Andolin shakes his head and says, unfortunately, I've not uh, had the honor of receiving an invitation from the Marchioness. Oh, I'll invite you. You can come. Oh, that is incredibly rude, Satoon says. You cannot invite someone to someone else's gathering. It's Lord Andolin. I thought everybody wanted him to come to all the gatherings. Unfortunately, I am already reserved tonight. But perhaps another time. What are you doing, Lord Andolin? Faye? (laughs) Well, the Princess Renata is hosting a dinner, and I am been promised to attend. And she didn't invite me, that bitch. I heard that you made quite an impression at her picnic the other day. Yeah, a good one. It turned into a horse. It was really cool. And uh, Nguyen and Andolin share a look. All right. Well, if you want to ditch the lame princess, you are welcome to join me and my good friends. I'm sure that we would all love to see you, Faye. I give him like a this time a seductive wink and I say don't be coy Faye (laughs) what does he do he just smiles and nods to you and then he gets up and he says well on that note I best be getting ready for dinner it was lovely to meet you Corbin I want to reach out to shake uh, Phelan's hand 
okay, you do. And I just like pull him close and clap him on the back. And I whisper, cut your arm off, coward. <laughs> and then I let him go. <laughs> and uh, he bows to you and bows to Nguyenian. And then no he reaction? leaves. None? Yeah. None. Okay. None, None reaction. Okay. None, None reaction. None, None reaction with left B. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, after after your meeting with uh, Andalin mm-hmm. and Nguyenian, Corbin, do you head back to the rooms? Oh, yeah. I'm ready to dish out some dirt. Holy okay. Shit, yeah. yeah. And uh, Slake and Mary also head back after their experience in the library. Yeah. So, Fran, where where are you when you're meeting, when you're you're waiting for everybody? Are you f- hanging out as a fart? Or? Oh, yeah. I'm waiting because I want to scare someone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Who do you think I am? <laughs> We can smell you from a mile away. Mm, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Fran, where where are you at this exact moment? Just outside the window. Just outside the window? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> then you have a very strange experience of black smoke passing directly through your spark cloud. <gasps> Indirect kiss! <laughs> Lord Faye Andalin smokes into the room and takes a seat on one of the sofas. I immediately smoke in after him and like become Fran and I'm like, what the fuck? And then he immediately like loses all of his cool and goes, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Fucker. And we're pointing at each other like Spider-Man and we're like, you, you are a smoke. (laughs) Same hat. Is this, is this when Corbin arrives? Yeah, and then Corbin comes in. Yep. I just calmly shut the door. Um, and I walk up to uh, Phelan and Marvin! I say... Marvin! And I He's say, here! Glad you decided not to be a coward for one goddamn time in your fucking life. Francis down on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mary and Slake come in. <laughs> and Mary immediately step, takes a step behind Slake. Cool. Yep. Uh, hey, y'all. <laughs> What's up? What what the fuck's happening? <laughs> Corbin like smacks Phelan in the shoulder and says, "Introduce yourself." You know who I am. Why do I need to introduce myself? Corbin points at Slake. Who's that? They're new. They're an intern. Hi. My name's Phelan, the betrayer. <laughs> <laughs> but people here know me as Lord Fay Andalin. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Uh, hi. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I saw you the other night on the window. Hi, I'm, I'm Slake. Yeah, you really didn't, uh, I didn't keep that secret, did you? I mean, I don't really know anything about, well, I mean, I guess now I know that your name's Phelan the Betrayer. <laughs> so I feel like I made an informed decision. <laughs> I point up at Phelan from the ground and I said, feeling, feeling betrayed? <laughs> yeah, what's it feel like? He was kind of like a... Well, I guess that's what it feels like, look. <laughs> well, if we're all done yelling at each other. You yelled at me too, so I just want that. I think I have a right to yell. <laughs> Mary steps out a little bit from behind Slake and then uh, shuts the door behind you guys real quick. Mm-hmm. And signs, what are you doing here? Phelan sighs and he sits down on the sofa, which was his like original plan to surprise you guys by sitting there, sitting on your sofa when he came in. But oh, I'm so glad that the fart cloud surprised him. <laughs> oh, incredible. I sit next to him on the sofa. Yeah, I sit on the other side of him. We sandwich him. Mary sits across from him once again, like a normal person. <laughs> sit by Mary. Look out for. Her. Nice. <laughs> 
And uh, he says, well, I've been here at court much longer than you, so I suppose the question really is, what are you doing here? Trying to stop your shitty dad, duh. Yeah, like, what are we ever doing anywhere? Yeah, God. Well, that is admirable of you, but I don't know that there's much here you can do. There are a lot of wheels already in motion, and I... And he taps his arm where the tattoo is, says, I can't tell you about them. But I did come to give you one piece of information that I thought you might find interesting. Mm. There are events unfolding in the north, in Ilfra. And you're going to need more people than you have to face it. Here in Madria, they don't, they don't have a standing army that you're going to be able to raise. You'll need to convince each of the noble houses to pledge their armies to you. And if you can get one of them, or more of them, on your side, those armies are going to be very useful. What's happening in Ilfra? He taps his arm and gives a big hapless shrug. Wouldn't it be, like, so convenient if there's a way to just, like, get rid of that stupid arm? (laughs) (laughs) He sighs, and he takes off his, his suit jacket, and then he rolls up the sleeve of his shirt, and the tattoo has been greatly expanded it's no longer just his forearm it goes up over his elbow now almost up to his shoulder what is happening well the terms of my servitude were too vague at least that is what father thought and he rolls his sleeve back down <clears throat> you you better cut it off before Man, you, these these you, terms are too vague you You're gotta Oh, buddy. You're going to have to cut off half your body soon. You're just really going to have to get it out of there. (laughs) He shrugs and then uh, points to a spot on his arm. He has his sleeve down now, but he points at a spot on his arm. And Do you know what it says here is not to cut off my arm. (laughs) Was that there before, Phelan? Phelan? What? Did you? (sighs) He looks out the window. Oh my god, I think he tried to cut his arm off. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh god! (laughs) Wait, so what's wrong with his arm? Palin, we were joking! Palin, I'm sorry! Palin, it was a joke! (laughs) Well, now it's impossible. Uh, Well, magic that's done can always be undone. Well, if you find a way to undo this, please let me know. In the meantime... That was all I wanted to tell you. Unfortunately, it is all that I can tell you. But I would be as charming as you can be at the Marchionesses tonight. She'll have some of the most powerful people in the city there, and if you can make a good impression, their forces may be able to help you. How many cities are you just, like, just bopping through? Yeah. I can't tell me, huh? Little baby bopper. You're right. I can't tell you. But I go wherever my father sends me. And wherever I can sneak off to when he's not looking. Hmm. Anyway, I know you're probably looking for something here, and I'm just going to let you know off the bat, it's not me. Okay. Okay. That's helpful. But you know who it is. Yes, I do. And you can't tell. You're absolutely right. We're going to fix that fucking arm, dude. We're going to just do... We're just going to just really fix it. <laughs> We're going to fix it so much. Phelan, I can't believe you tried to cut off your Phelan, arm. Phelan, I'm so impressed by you right now. Phelan. I'll never call you a coward again. You're like the coolest guy I know from, from now until infinity. We, we three-way hold the hands with Phelan. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, Mary 
gives a little wave to get Phelan's attention. <laughs> I'm distracted done. by our intimate exchange. <laughs> Your intimate gathering. Yeah. Phelan is just giving you both like a look like he really wants to run away. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> and then uh, Mary signs, are you doing okay? And he gives a little rueful smile and he says, no, not really, but... I'll do whatever I can. Oh my god, I throw myself at Phelan. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> we both crush him. <laughs> oh, please, please stop. This is horrible. <laughs> you need this. You need a hug. Slake, get over here. Slake. Uh, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Mary does not get join the group hug. No, that's fair. <laughs> uh, she, once you guys finally let go of Phelan, she mm-hmm. motions him over. And uh, here, let me see your arm she signs and he rolls his sleeve back up to show her and she looks at it for a long time and then she puts her hands over the mark and she concentrates and her eyes glow a little bit golden and then it, it seems like everything just snaps back and she physically recoils and she looks very shaken up and Phelan rolls down his sleeve and sighs well it was a good shot if you, well, if, if if you, all right, I can't talk about that, I guess. Good luck. I hold out my fist to fist one Phelan. He gives you a little fist bump. Oh my God, Corbin also holds out his fist. <laughs> he rolls his eyes a little and then gives you a little oh, fist yes. bump. Corbin cheers. Corbin and Fran fist bump each other. Yeah, but, yeah they do. <laughs> nice. And he looks at you, slicing his G-U. Want a fist bump? Oh, I mean, I mean, if you're offering, <laughs> he gives you a fist bump. Nice. Yes. Well, I suppose I'll see you at the boat races tomorrow. And then he points out the window and vanishes. Oh my god, you guys! I'm gonna race the boat of my heart right into his heart. Same. <laughs> uh, Mary grabs your sleeves, like, and then signs. That's my brother. <laughs> That's Mary's hot brother. Yeah, that's Mary's, like, super hot brother who's, like, tortured inside. Okay. (laughs) She shrugs. (laughs) I didn't know he was my brother. Ever. Until recently. It'd be like that sometimes. (laughs) Well said, Slick. Listeners, it's Noelle who usually does this, and I'm doing it again today as as normal. <laughs> um, hey, welcome to the middle of a James and Dragons episode. We're right here in the middle. This is the middle. Um, I hope you loved these beautiful Phelan times, and uh, I hope you love the rest of it too. <laughs> Do you ever get so busy that you can't, your brain just like leaves your sort of like skull area? And like, do you ever get so busy that snakes manifest physically in your home? <laughs> anyway, 
Um, so for Dames and Other Places announcements for this episode, um, our episode of Dungeon Delve was released. So if you go to the Wizards of the Coast podcast, Dungeon Delve, it's where they host their actual play one shots and series. You can find our episode of Podcasts of Ravnica. So the Podcasts of Ravnica were basically Wizards of the Coast combining D&D with the world of Magic the Gathering. And it was actually a super cool world and it was really fun to play in. We got to play some of the new races that came out in the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica and also some of the classes, like the specialty classes that came out with that. So it was pretty cool and we had a great time and we were like weird business friends and we were very silly so if you want to engage in any or all of those things uh you can head on over there also that episode is going to be released on this rss feed partially to give a little christmas break (laughs) to our editor who's me (laughs) so yeah that'll be coming out on this on this feed as well if you want to listen to it here. Also, I was on an episode of Ink Tank, which is a podcast talking about um, animated movies. And I and Lily talked about the movie Little Nemo. That's Little Nemo, not Finding Nemo. Um, The creepiest and best and weirdest worst movie of all time. Very beautiful, stunningly beautiful, and very creative and very weird. (laughs) And originally screenplayed by Ray Bradbury? I don't know. Anyway, as always, check out DSPN Presents because we're probably on there somewhere. I don't know. I would also like to thank our iTunes reviewers. That goes out to Nylora, Ito Josh, Goggles the Ferret, PDXMRC, Broken Light Dances, Iron Gut, KXKX4, I Love Jam on Toast, and Stalker Nocturne. You all, like, okay, I don't know if, like, the 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 iTunes reviews have just, like, really gotten just, like, so heartwarming or if, like, my heart is just ready to be warmed lately. But, like, every time I read them, I'm just, like, oh, my God. Like, so this is human kindness. Like, I act like a, like a shadow creature who's who's never known a warm touch. I don't know. But anyway, it's very good. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Um, our episode today is sponsored by our good, good friends, Cobalt Press. And this time I want to talk to you about Midgard Sagas, which is a new collection of 5th edition adventures set in the dark fantasy world of Midgard. The book contains adventures for characters from levels 3 to 8, all of them designed to be played in 4 to 6 hours and packed with action. Players will fight their way through clockwork guards to save the city from a mad saboteur, execute a daring heist at a posh nightclub, explore the ruins of an ancient elven city, avert war with the dust goblins of the wastelands, battle a brain-eating menace from space, and more. That is, that, that's, that's quite a spread. <laughs> uh, to find out more, you can visit koboldpress.com. We're also sponsored today by Elderwood Academy. Elderwood Academy are artisans who craft amazing gaming products including dice towers, dice trays, dice boxes, deck boxes, dice, and etc. All products are crafted to look like spell books, scroll cases, codexes, and other fantasy gear. In particular, I've been looking at their dice boxes, which are just like, you know when 
just like stuff just fits perfectly in a box and like the box is just like very well crafted and it's like so satisfying. I don't know if other people have this very specific feeling about like well-sized designed boxes, but like that's how I feel when I look at these dice boxes. I feel like every little dice has its little place and the lid just slides on perfectly and you can just like keep them in a little stack. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you can find that product and many more at elderwoodacademy.com slash don't split. And as always, we are we are sponsored by our patrons on Patreon who um, just deserve nothing but all the finest things in life. The most expensive wines and cheeses, the softest, highest thread count bed sheets, the 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 most just delicately adjusted shower pressures. You deserve all these things and more. And specifically this this episode that goes out to our new patrons, Joshua, Ang, Jason, Gwen, Mia, Dane, MJ, and Alexi. Thank you so much. I, I hope that the luxuries you deserve find you find you soon. And last of all, today's message to Chantel is Dalek Party. Go, Chantel. Go on, get. Then Dodson rushes into the room, accompanied by a ton of servants. He says, all right, all right, it's time to get you dressed for your evening out. Come on. Uh, you are dressed in some very fine evening clothes. Mine has a boob window, right? They have now accommodated your requests for boob window. Good. Now that they have a pattern to go off of, uh, they've they've implemented a boob window into all of yours. And Slake, your headdress is ready. Your beetle headdress. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, the... Your servants perch that on your head, and it looks very cool. It's like dark purple and looks like beetle pincers coming up. And so then, uh, Dodson Goodson um, leads you guys downstairs, and he informs you that the Marchioness does not reside in the palace grounds. She has an estate in the city. A carriage will bring you there. Uh, and why don't you guys uh, just make a quick old perception check? Cause you're what? oh boy, oh, I got a seventeen. Okay, I got twelve. Me also twelve. Okay, <laughs> Fran, you're the one who hears this. Then, hmm. as you guys are passing down a hallway, you hear you hear Loria, and she's yelling. Oh, and you hear her say, "I will not let your conniving get in the way of protecting them all." Why don't you roll a stealth check? Uh. Okay, can I whisper to Corbin to set uh, put a spell on me? Sure. Yeah. Can you just whisper put a spell on me? Because <laughs> no. he will arbitrarily choose a spell. Corbin, oh, can you put Paz without a trace on me really quick? Yeah, okay, creep. <laughs> I do it. Alright, great. Um, yeah, so I got a, a 16. 16 will pass. Okay, so you creep up the hallway and, uh, and peek around the corner and you see Loria and she has her arm braced up against Phelan's neck and she is pinning him against the wall and Phelan glares at her and he, he has both hands on her arm but he isn't pushing her off and he says of protecting Tenevi you mean 
Because she's the only one of them that you care about. And Loria lowers her gaze to him and growls, She cares about her people, and therefore I will as well. You should... She takes a deep breath. You should leave this place. I know you don't belong here, no matter what airs and graces you put on. Run off and interfere in the business of other kingdoms, because I will not tolerate you meddling in mine. And Phelan shoves her off finally and says, I have my orders. And she yells back, and I have mine. Now get out of my sight. Yeah, Loria storms off and uh, leaves Phelan, who is adjusting his clothes after being manhandled. Spicy! Okay. (laughs) Does Fran say that out loud? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you you say that out loud in an audible tone? I mean, I'm going to go talk to Phelan. Okay. All right. Uh... Uh, Phelan looks over and uh, his face colors to a vivid red. (laughs) Kill him! He says, ah, how much of that did you hear? Um, I just... Who... Listen, I, I, I come and, like, get, like, really close to him and I'm like, can... Is Loria... Is Loria someone we should be worried about? He gives a big old shrug. (laughs) It's something you specifically can't tell me, huh? I cannot. You're correct. But I don't trust her. Hmm. Well, I don't know if that means that she's untrustworthy, (laughs) but it's good to know. Can you tell me... <laughs> um, what did you mean that she only cares about Tenovin? I mean, I mean they're like in love. I know, like, right? Exactly. <laughs> she doesn't care about anybody else in this palace. Oh, and any if she does, she only cares about them because Tenovin does. Does she know about you? She knows I exist. Yeah, I think that was made fairly clear just now. Yes. So that's obviously not what I was asking, but okay, Mr. Attitude. <laughs> you should ask her what she knows about me. She'll have more answers. That's probably true. Well, uh, good luck. I hope you don't get shoved up in against any more walls, I guess. <laughs> he uh, he reaches out and he grabs your wrist as you tr- start to walk away and says, Fran, be careful tonight, okay? And uh, he, he then walks away. Uh, Corbin yells for you down the hall. Oh, I like shake myself. We're living without you. Shut up, Corbin! I'm coming. Hey, hey shut up! <laughs> and uh, I'm like trotting them. Fran, Fran, as you arrive at the front doors of the palace where the rest of the group is gathered, you see that Mary is desperately trying to like put her hands over Corbin's mouth. <laughs> What did you find out? Uh, who's around at this point? Uh, several servants, Dodson. Mm. Uh, there is a uh, carriage and a footman with the carriage and a driver with the carriage and a couple horses with the carriage. So 
No, the horses. The horses. <laughs> yeah. I was fine with everything else. As soon as Kat said horses, I was like, Mm-mm. no. No. Um, I'm just. Uh, we need to be careful tonight. That's all I can tell you right now. Okay, Phelan. That makes Whatever. sense. Uh huh. I say, looking at Corbin. Corbin does a double take and then he's like, oh shit. <laughs> can Corbin turn into his horse and like trot behind the carriage? I mean, I can't Corbin, stop you. I, he just wants to be free. He sees other horses and he's missing that time that he was a horse. <laughs> so he turns into a horse. He turns into a horse and just trots like behind like a second. And uh, all of the servants look very uneasy. Okay. And uh, as when you do this, one of the one of the footmen leans down and goes, should we get him a, a, a bridle? Does he need a saddle? And, <laughs> and Dodson just shakes his head. <laughs> I, I want to shake Dodson's hand. Oh, he he's, looks a bit surprised. He's, oh, uh, yes, my lady? You're a good man, Dodson Goodson. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. I know. <laughs> and then I get in the carriage. So it's uh, Fran, Slake, and Mary who are inside of the carriage, <laughs> and Corbin is trotting along outside after them. Yep. I stick my head, like, in the window every now and then. So, uh, what's, what's Corbin's plan, then? I see that he, uh... <laughs> He's outside of the carriage. It was good thinking. Maybe he's going to do some uh, surveillance. Uh, Cor- uh. Corbin Whitney's outside the carriage. Corbin just likes horse. I don't know. <laughs> Corbin just likes horse. So you guys are uh, you are whisked through the streets on this horse and carriage and also just another horse. And you are led into this incredibly grand district of houses where just... All of the houses are very tall and they're a bit narrow, but only so that each of them has their own beautiful grounds surrounding it and uh, maximizing the use of the city allotment they have to make the most absolutely absurd expression of wealth. The Marchioness of Cabibon, her estate is in the very center of this district and surrounding it is a grand tall iron fence and just inside you see many many guards all of which are dressed in pale blue and white which seem to be the colors of her household you are pulled along to the front steps of the house and your footman hops down and opens the door for you and then he looks at Corbin and (laughs) doesn't know what to do Corbin looks back at him with his blood red eyes I hold out my hand to Corbin. Corbin puts his hoof in your hand. And then... Bows. Turn into a man! (laughs) Corbin, like, very reluctantly, like, gives a sad, slow whinny, and then turns back into a human. There you go. Turns back into a human who looks like Shadow the Hedgehog. (laughs) You can get fucked, cat, but you're not wrong. (laughs) Gotta go fast. You are led inside of the Marchioness's home and into a beautiful foyer. Uh, There are many fine vases that are beautifully painted and holding enormous blooms of fresh flowers. This foyer is all like marble pillars and light blue sort of iridescent wallpaper and a big crystal chandelier. And you are led through all of this to a drawing room where Sylvia is sitting with her guests. And she stands up to greet all of you and says, 
honored guests. Welcome to my home. Please have a seat. Take some refreshment. We were all awaiting your arrival. And you see, Corbin, there there are some cold cuts. Oh, he goes right for the cold cuts. Oh my god. Uh, there's also like little quiches and like little sculptures made of like meat and cheese to look like various animals. Oh, he goes for the meat and cheese sculptures. Uh, Mary, meanwhile, curtsies to your hostess. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, I'm gonna bow. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Corbin belatedly bows as he's grabbing meat. And <laughs> <laughs> it's more just like the action of leaning over to get the meat yeah. and cheese. Yeah. And so sitting at this party, there uh, are just a couple of other people. Uh, there is Count Agsprat Greenspryer, the gnome politician who is the father of the queen's wife. There is a man you were very briefly introduced to at Tenevine's dinner, Count Dirk Helmshire. And there is an elven man that you have not seen before, but you can assume by the fact that there are only two elves at court, apparently, that this is Lord Maldrix Fasikayo Venedaria. Maldrix oh. is here. And Sylvia goes around the room and introduces each person. Mm-hmm. The Marchioness says, please have a seat. And a servant brings drinks to around to all of you. And she says, I've just been dying to have a private word with the four of you. You're truly the most interesting thing to come through the court in, oh, the past several years. And we've had a royal wedding, you know, so that is paying quite a bit. I've heard you've made quite a splash with some of the younger nobility. Renetta has been, <laughs> oh, she has been quite vocal about uh, <laughs> what, what an impression you made at her picnic lunch. I assure you, we are not so flippin' flippant here at our more private gatherings with some of the more experienced members of the court. Uh, um, Corbin stays quiet and, like, kind of just washes and nods and, uh, and puts food in his mouth. Nice nice to meet you. Uh, <laughs> it's a great honor to be here, Marginette. Your uh, home is truly incredible. Oh, thank you. You know, it's been such a trial lately. We've been doing renovations, and the mosaic on the front hall is finally complete, which, thank goodness, it has been such a tire to have to go through the servants' entrance for weeks on end while they were completing that. But it's all worth it just to have things just right now that I must live in the city instead of my estate, which was, I'm sure you heard, sadly destroyed after... The royalty did nothing to address the bandit attacks on our border. I'm sorry about your uh, territory, Marchioness. Is it normal for there to be that extreme, n- lots of bandit monsters around? <laughs> well, it wasn't in the last 10, 15 years, but recently I'll... I suppose everybody's been having these sorts of incursions. Recently meaning how recent? Oh, you know, last five years, six years. Mm. Of course, ma- the lands of Cabibon being on the border of Madria have taken the brunt of the force. And uh, the elf, Lord Mal- Maldrix, cuts in here. He says, oh, yeah, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maldrix. Oh, he says, oh, yeah, don't you know that? That's how it is up in the north, too. Can't rely on the army to keep the roads clear, huh? We've been having all sorts of supply issues just because everybody got to go across the lake. Can't get through the forest because the army ain't keeping the roads clear. Do, do you have an army, Sir Maldrix? 
oh, I don't have an army per, per se. I'm not, uh, I'm not from one of the military families, but our, uh, our city's army is in a sad and shabby state. I will tell you that. That sounds like it super sucks. Who here has an army? <laughs> uh, well, the Martianist says, well, most of the noble families here in Madria keep a small personal guard. But then uh, Lord Helmshire, he raises his hand. He says, I command the city watch. Oh. Corbin wow. goes and sits by him. <laughs> says, oh, yes, Lord Helmshire. How has your recent appointment as the lord of the city been treating you? And Lord Helmshire, he puffs up. He's a big man, by the way. He's got a big sort of hand, white handlebar mustache and uh, big round belly that she continues to put meat and cheese into. Mm. Respect. And uh, he puts puts down his plate for a moment and, he said, and uh, wipes some crumbs from his mustache. And he says, oh, it has been treating me very well. Very well, indeed. Oh, I mean, this this recent pirate attack has made my job <laughs> a bit more difficult as we've been uh, working on reconstruction. But oh, the citizenry are very, very helpful. It's very helpful indeed. It's nice to be be lord of lands where people truly care about the the place where they live, where they they know that everybody here is working together. And the Martianist sort of just goes, "Hmm, oh. it would be nice, wouldn't it?" Oh, that's intention. So what exactly does it mean to be lord of the city? Oh, well, our esteemed queen, Tenevine, has all of the lands of Madria to deal with. She oversees everything for for all of our people, and she delegates the running of our fair city here to me. And I oversee our, our city guard, and I oversee the, the tradespeople who work and live here, and... And make sure that we keep the worst of the riffraff out. Uh, it's an honor to meet you, sir. I, I fought with your guards, actually, on my uh, on my way into the city. They battled nobly. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. And he gives you a clap on the shoulder, Slake. <laughs> and I, I look over at uh, Corbin and Fran and Mary like, eh? eh? I'm Corbin? smiling and nodding. <laughs> Corbin doesn't notice that, that that conversation happened. Mary gives you a thumbs up. <laughs> Oh, and oh, by the way, he approves. Oh, yeah. bitch, yeah. Helmshire approves. Oh. As does Axbrat. Hell yes. yes. That guy probably has a fucking army, too. He's a big deal. So, Lord Helmshire, um, you're you're in charge of the city guard. Does that mean you work with Captain Loria? Oh, uh, sometimes. Uh, Loria, she takes... Loria's command is more centered around the palace guard and protecting our queen. And then he says, uh, I've actually heard you've had a, a few meetings with our <laughs> valiant captain. I uh, hope she hasn't scared you off. She seems pretty nice, mostly. She seems like she wants to protect the queen. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> she is very protective of our queen. Uh, can't get can't get within five feet of Tenevine without Loria trying to slice your head off. Sylvia... <laughs> 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 so she gives a little laugh and she says, I think it is terribly inappropriate the way Loria acts over Tenevine, like a mother hen. Just because they've been friends since childhood doesn't mean that she can restrict access like that. You can't even get a word in with Tenevine the way that Loria hovers over her. Hmm. Do you happen to know anything about 
Gloria's origins, I guess? She's from some inconsequential provincial noble family. So how did she get to be the captain of the guards? It seems like being from a nobody family is a pretty big strike against you in these parts. Have you seen her with a sword? Yeah, she's pretty badass. She's very cool. (laughs) Everybody laughs about that. Yes, she is. Agsprat pipes up here and says, she tried to scare my Lilia off. She kept coming after her and making these completely inappropriate comments about how, how, oh, I don't even know, but Lilia is quite frightened of her. I hate to think that my daughter has to spend all of her days with that mad woman in the palace. Meldrix has no comment. He is greatly enjoying a little uh, cheese horse. <laughs> oh, Corbin gives him a thumbs up Maldrix on that Maldrix loves horse. <laughs> Corbin makes a mental note that Maldrix <laughs> loves horror. We don't really know much at all about Maldrix. Maybe we no. should be trying to learn. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Maldrix, we've had the uh, the uh, pleasure of, of meeting your um, cohort, uh, Almina, recently. Uh, and he leans forward. He is no longer interested in his cheese horse. He leans <laughs> forward and he goes, oh, did she say anything about me? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, just that uh, y- you had uh, traveled here together. Uh on your uh, diplomatic mission, right? Oh, well, I'm not here on a diplomatic mission. I'm not a diplomat. I'm I'm just a simple merchant trying to ingratiate my family's trade into the many strong trade networks of the Madrian kingdom. And he, he sort of gives a grin to Lord Helmshire, who raises his glass to Maldrix. He says, uh, we're actually, I represent a group of artists who are looking for some uh, new patrons here in the city, so I've been trying to see if any of these fine folks would like a commission from some of the finest elvish artists in Ilfra. And he waggles his eyebrows towards the Marchioness, <laughs> who laughs and says, Oh, you know I've already committed myself to several paintings from Ilfra. You don't have to keep going on like that, Lord Maldrix. <laughs> Who what who thinks that it's weird that Azam dropped out of school? I raise my hand. I also raise my hand. School is cool, I say. Oh, Corbin <laughs> puts his hand down. <laughs> <laughs> I raise on my other hand. Agsprat puffs up a bit. He goes, "That boy has no good sense. He's all love sick puppy fluff nonsense." Yeah, I kind of got that vibe from him. I I'm gonna write a letter to his dad telling him he dropped out of school for some dumb girl. <laughs> And everybody laughs. laughs. I like these guys. Oh my god. So, well, someone needs to speak with his father, Sylvia says. Because after he has spent so much time just hanging on here at the court, when he and Renetta were supposed to be off months ago. Does Renetta actually want to marry Azam at all? It, why should that matter? Yep, never mind. <laughs> uh, so, Count Axbret, uh, how how is uh, Lilia doing? How's she uh, liking the Madria life? Oh, as well as can be expected. Her wife keeps her far too busy, but she's uh, seems to be doing well. All of her letters indicate that she is uh, fitting right in at the palace. Everybody makes her feel quite at home. Uh, and Sylvia says, "Oh, has she been able to visit your home often?" And Agsprat gives a very offended hoof. 
Alas, no. She's not yet been able to escape the confines of palace life to visit her dear old father at his estate. And uh, Lord Helmshire, he mops his brow with a handkerchief and he says, Oh, but your estate's not too far out of the city. I'm sure she'll make time for you soon, old boy. How old is, uh, how old is your daughter get along with the queen? I mean, they're married, but like... You know, love has nothing to do with marriage, so like... As we all know. As we all know. <laughs> oh, yes, as we all know. Uh, <laughs> oh, she and she and Tenevine get on fine. They get on fine, yes. They they seem to be doing quite well as, as partners in their queen queendom. Why don't you invite uh, your daughter and the queen to come down and visit? Well, Queen Tenevine cannot fit in our home <laughs> we could have her outside we could have like a outside outside party Pic- a picnic a picnic a barbecue a bar mm. barbecue mm. oh a barbecue <laughs> well what a lovely idea have her up to the little fiefdoms and have a little barbecue whoa don't be racist <laughs> and uh Everybody goes, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, that's nothing. Sylvia says, that's what they're called, the little fiefdoms are our northern territories. And Agispert says, if we can get it changed, we will. But the cogs of government turn slowly, even for things like renaming a kingdom. Did you hear that? He's from there and he doesn't like it. So, yeah, everybody looks a bit uncomfortable. You see uh, Lord Helmshire has... His face has gotten very red, and he is sweating profusely now. This is the worst party I've ever fucking been to. And Sylvia then stands up and says, why don't we take a turn around the garden? And uh, everybody gets up, but as as Lord Helmshire gets up, he stumbles, and he sits back down heavily and goes, oh, I think I've had a bit too much to drink. Oh, you will have to excuse How me. How are you feeling, sir? Oh, fine, just a Oh, a bit dizzy, a bit, uh, bit warm in here, uh, isn't it? I'm he suspicious eating? that he's poisoned, and I'm just gonna feed him some antitoxin. <laughs> Did he? Hey, drink this. It's a uh, anti indigestion uh, potion. Oh, thank you. You're very, very kind, dear. And he, he takes it and uh, coughs a little on it, mm-hmm. and then he says, "Oh, oh, I feel quite faint. You'll have to excuse me." And you hear him choke. And his glass tumbles from his hand as he falls down to the floor. D&D content, but you're also running low on D&D money. Genuine Fantasy Press is giving away a free version of the new book, The Compendium of Forgotten Secrets Awakening, for 5th edition D&D at GenuineFantasyPress.com. 
All the player content is included in the free version, 125 pages of it. It contains 34 new subclasses, 17 new warlock patrons and familiars, over 175 new spells and invocations, 10 new races, and dozens of campaign hooks. The full version has over 190 pages of new content. This book is designed to work with both classic and homebrew settings, and it gives you new ideas for your world and game. Plus, it has beautiful full-color artwork, and it's available internationally in hardcover on Amazon. Genuine Fantasy Press. Inspiring adventure. <laughs>